I'm Natalie. And I'm Gerald. Welcome to the Sweet Run Podcast. Conversations with local passionate runners, because to run a city is to know a city. We have to take a moment to shout out our longtime sponsor, Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is a science-backed, trackable action plan that helps you answer the question, and you guys know what I'm going to say. What is going on inside my body? It's all done through a blood test, and Inside Tracker takes care of everything else. They provide you with a comprehensive plan to tell you what you're doing right and what you need to work on. They give you supplement suggestions, recipe ideas, and so much more. It really is a game changer for athletes and to become a better person. So, we have a code for you. Use the code SWEETRUN to take 25% off of everything that Inside Tracker has to offer as you gear up for more races throughout the spring and summer season. This is absolutely the way to go. So, we love Inside Tracker. We know you guys are going to love Inside Tracker. Go check it out. In a spontaneous brainstorm that I had, I sent Jeremy Rivera a DM and asked her to come on the Sweet Run podcast to talk all things 2024 U.S. Olympic Marathon Trials that's happening this weekend in her hometown of Orlando on February 3rd. And she said yes. And now we get to bring to you this really fun, bonus, awesome, extra, wonderful conversation with Jeremy, who is a phenomenal marathoner herself. In less than eight years, she has gone from being a 525 marathoner to a 247.04 marathoner, and she's just getting started. Jeremy is so full of joy and optimism and grit and determination. I love following her. I'm so happy to have her on the show. She gives us what we need to know this week going into the trials as far as her hometown, where to dine out, where to go on your runs this week while you're hanging out in Orlando, what to see and do, and all of the flavor and feels of her hometown. She shares it with us. We're happy to bring you this conversation. Let's celebrate the 2024 U.S. Olympic Trials Marathon. Let's go. Jeremy Rivera, welcome to the Sweet Run Podcast. We're really excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me on. Yes, this is going to be a blast. Welcome, and let's get into it. I know. We were just rambling, you guys, like literally just kind of like going off on a tangent about the excitement of having Jeremy on and also that this is Olympic Trials Marathon Week, and it's so exciting to to just chat. So, um you live in Orlando, so how are things, what's the, the temperature, both like physical temperature and what's the excitement? The like yeah, in the yeah. In, yeah. Well, you know, a lot of us here from Orlando are like, how do we even properly prepare to, to do this? I feel like there's no, um, I haven't found any information on like, how do you go to spectate at a Olympic trials and do it properly? Because there's um, spectator spots that they're going to have assigned. Um, but the locals are kind of thinking, you know, do we really have to <laughs> stand there at those designated spots or can we kind of go to the spots that we know, uh, will be nice to watch it from. So, um, there's a little bit of confusion, but there's a lot of excitement too in the air. 
Okay. Okay. That's awesome. And how's the weather? Yes. And what are you anticipating for the week? <laughs> okay. <laughs> the weather has been up and down. We literally were in the 30s last week for the low. Today was like 83 degrees. Um, oh. And then I know we have like Powerball numbers <laughs> for the weather. <laughs> <laughs> Something I've seen on, someone said online. <laughs> That's a good but, one. Um, so this week is actually going to be pretty good. Thanks to El Nino, the um, jet stream has shifted lower. So we've been getting a lot more rain, a lot more wind, and a lot more cold fronts. So this um, winter has been a lot cooler than previous winters and spring. So that's been really good. So the weather this week, the lows looking like it's going to be in the 40s pretty consistently, which has not been typical of the last couple of years. And I think the high on that morning is supposed to be in like the upper 60s, which to us is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, to me, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, it might be a little warm for a marathon, but, you know, hey, it's Orlando. So you're doing well. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I was just thinking, like, I'm sure everyone's thinking, like, please don't let it be race week and it be in the 80s, which could be typical for this time of year for you guys, right? Yeah. I heard someone say on a different podcast that 30% of the time it's in the 60s, 30% of the time in the 70s, 30% of the time in the 80s, and then the other 10% margin can be either lower or higher. Mm. So it really is a coin toss usually for this kind of, you know, this time of the year. So on your runs this week, have you been able to see any of the pros out there? I know a lot of people have started, you know, making their way to Orlando. Yeah. So I have friends who have said that they've seen pros, but I have not seen any pros, but I also run during like the typical hours of someone that works. So like after work usually, or kind of early. So um, I haven't been around like in the middle of the day, but I kind of have thought like, what am I doing not going to some of these trails where I know they're probably going to be? So. Ah. Oh my gosh, that is just so exciting that your city is able to host. So now how far are you from where the actual race is going to be held? I'm exactly three miles. Okay. Oh, you're so close. Backyard. You can just Very do like close. an easy jog shakeout run over there. Yeah, I used to be, I used to live like right where they're going to be running through on the first two mile loop. And I told my husband, oh my God, if we just would have stayed there <laughs> for four more years. <laughs> it would have been only known. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So now for everyone listening, like tell us. What is the name of, is there like, are they running? I know they're doing loops. Is there, is it a park or where exactly is it going to be held? So it's going to be held mostly within downtown. Downtown is not a very big area. It's very small, but yet they have like different areas, like the business district. And so it's going to be running through there. And then I forget the district that I lived in, but it's, so there's going to be like a two mile loop that kind of runs north or Oh my gosh, how do I explain this? So there's going to be a two mile loop that they're going to run that's going to uh, kind of run just to the outer edge of downtown. And then they're going to head back into downtown and kind of uh, run through that area. It's going to be an eight mile loop and they're going to repeat it until they hit 26.2 miles. And they'll finish in Lake Eola, which is kind of like the center of downtown. Okay. No. Oh, okay. We, we live in L.A., and the Olympic trials were here in 2016, and it was such, like, 
I felt so bad for the athletes. It was so hot. They had it in downtown L.A. There was absolutely no shade. So what is it like in Orlando? Are there going to be shaded areas along the course? It will be partly shaded, especially through the areas where they're going to be running through the buildings. I'm pretty sure it runs along South Street at some point. That whole area will be shaded. So that will be very nice. And then I also believe it runs through, I can't remember the road, but it's partly shaded road uh, that's within downtown. A lot of the downtown area, because it's historic, has a lot of like old, large trees. And so that's pretty nice uh, to keep you covered and the buildings as well. But uh, they probably are going to roast a little bit in the sun at certain Mm. parts. Yeah. Sadly. (laughs) I know. You know, I've been following as much as I can, like listening to podcasts and articles and like, you know, reading about how how the athletes are getting ready with their heat training and all the different methods of getting prepared for the Mm -hmm. heat of Orlando. What's the course like? Now, is it is it really like a flat course? Can you kind of paint us a picture? Yeah, it's pancake flat. Um, There might be some like, I don't know, three foot, five foot inclines. Um, But downtown Orlando, I mean, all of Orlando, most of it is going to be pretty pancake flat. So I know I did Sacramento and uh, CIM and oh my God, everyone says, oh, it's flat. (laughs) It is not flat. (laughs) I guess what it's a... A net downhills, but oh, <laughs> how do we I get to the net? <laughs> oh I my gosh, Charity. <laughs> I am so right there with you. So I love CIM, love Sacramento. We've been there so many times. It's a very well-run race. And what happens is there's a lot of fast runners that go to CIM. So you're yeah. going to get fast times. You're going to get incredible weather, as you know, because you just ran it in December, which I'm so excited to talk to you about that. But I have to, but it's so funny because it's, it is a net downhill, but it is not flat. Mm-hmm. It's like, right. I feel like every time I run that race, it's like, I'm, by the time I get to mile 20, I'm kind of dizzy from like the up and the down like this. It's a wonderful yeah. course though, but it's not pancake flat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. We have to talk about in a minute. I, I do want to talk about your incredible performance at CIM. We're going to get there. But really quick, touching upon Orlando. So for people that are coming into town this week, well, let's talk about the actual race day on Saturday. Is it going to be one of those scenarios you think where it's like people need to like almost camp out to get a good spot along the course to really see? Or what do you think that's going to look like? Okay, so here's the thing. There's two events going on in downtown. I forget the name of the second event because it's like a sporting event and I'm not really big on sports outside of running that's going on at the same time I think the same time definitely the same day as the Olympic trial so I don't think downtown has hosted uh, events like this ever so I have no idea uh, truthfully what it will look like but I don't think that it would be difficult to find a spot I'm imagining it won't be but I also wouldn't be surprised if I got there and I said oh my gosh I have never seen 
this many people in downtown before. <laughs> yeah, that could be some a logistical some hoops to jump through as a just as a spectator, right? Because um, I'm thinking about even in our town, like for our for just for instance for our Fourth of July parade, people will uh-huh. come out and put their chairs out and like rope them off like the, yeah, night, the night before. before. And I'm like, is it going to be like that for the trials? I don't know. Now you guys are making me wonder if I need <laughs> to go get my chair. And <laughs> You're a local. You better get your out. chair. Get your chair out there now. And yeah. What are some of these? Well, maybe you don't want to tell, but you said there may be some spots that are better, but you're not sure if they're going to be spectator allowed. Will they literally shoo you away if you found some, you know, keen spot or, or, how, or you, you think you have a inside track on you know, some good spots to to check out. So that's what we're kind of wondering. Like if we showed up to some of these roads, um, would they be blocked off? I know Mills because it's just such a big, it's a vein going into downtown and it's very close to where they're going to be running. I I felt like that would kind of be like a good place to sneak in. So yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure what that scenario is going to be like. I feel like pulling up the map really quick just so I can kind of see and get a good a good idea of what actual roads i should have pulled this map up earlier (laughs) don't worry you have plenty of time you know it's interesting with this conversation i'm excited it's kind of a little bit different because normally and i was saying this to you like we spend the first part talking about the runner you know their journey and we're going to talk about that with you but it's so Uh fun we get so excited it's like we have to talk about a little bit of orlando and the trials first then we'll talk about jeremy's running and then we're going to go back to orlando again (laughs) So we'll give her time to pull up the map. So, Jeremy, you ran 248 like a month and a half ago, whatever it's been. We're at the end of January now at CIM. That is incredible. And I know it wasn't the performance that you wanted, but that Mm -hmm. was still a super fast time. Tell us a little bit about CIM. Well, the race itself, the event, and the city, I absolutely loved it. I'm definitely going to be back. The food in California is so good, and that's what I was mostly (laughs) blown away with. And then also just the event itself. I feel like CIM and Houston have very... like world major vibes and energy around it without actually being a world major and having to pay like that big price tag that comes with doing a world major. I like smaller events. So it was perfect for me. And um, there are a lot of Goggins fans on the course too, which I haven't seen at other races. So <laughs> that was pretty great. <laughs> was he there running it or something? You know, I have no idea. I didn't know if maybe there were a lot of fans because he lived in California for some time. And there's just a lot of people who, I don't know. Interesting. Wait, so how did you know that they were fans? Were they like yelling out? Like, what were they saying? They were yelling like, who's going to carry the boats and the logs? And they had signs. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Go David Goggins. They they were running and cursing at the same time. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's David Goggins. Yeah, that's one of his people. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Go get it, motherfucker. Oh, my gosh. His mouth. He is so. But it's like. But we all kind of relate to it, even if you don't use that kind of language. But it's just like you I always like when he's talking like that, I feel what he's saying deep in my core, though, because it's like, stop making excuses, blah, blah, blah. Just get out there and do the work. Right. How was the day for you? What race day, the experience? 
yes, back on track. Um, the rate, well, it was supposed to be a little chilly that morning. So I brought all these layers. I didn't need any of them because it ended up being, I think, 55 for the low, which was pretty good, but I didn't need a ton of jackets. And so, um, I, I mean, do, wait, do you want to hear the breakdown of the race? Cause that, <laughs> that's yes. the whole okay. thing. <laughs> we want to hear it. Break it down. Well, I had this plan because I've done it at a half marathon that was very hilly here in Orlando. Um, well, it's a town called Mount Dora close to Orlando, but, um, I had a plan where I said, okay, I'll kind of start in the six teens. And then as I kind of roll into the Hills, supposedly it was going to get flat at some point. I was like, I'll just start dropping the pace. And about six miles in, I was like, okay, the pace isn't dropping and I can see this getting progressively much more intense. And around mile 13, then I had this, this hip thing that I've been dealing with an injury for a few years that I've been able to keep at bay. It like flared up and I could feel pain with every single step. Um, and I mean, that made it awful. And I thought about dropping at several points, but I was like, I just kept my focus on the course and just kind of enjoying the experience at that point as much as I could, because, um, there was, there was no way that I was going to be able to push myself, uh, physically while feeling that amount of pain. Um, and so I was just kind of like, let me just ride back and and have as good of a day as I can because uh, it's not going to be my day. So I got to have some kind of win. Got it. Man, for it not to be your day and yes. run a 248 is really impressive. Yeah, your day would be my day times 10. That would be awesome. <laughs> Tell us yeah. about, like, I want you know, you were saying, or I had been following you on social media and you were saying that you really wanted to go for the Olympic trials standard, which is now 237. So mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about your training going into CIM and getting ready for that. So it was my training in the summer and through the fall was not great because I was dealing with a iron deficiency issue, which I had discovered by July. And I was able to correct it enough that my my number was just on the low end of normal. Um, and so in the two months leading up to CIM, that's when I had my best workouts because I was finally coming out of that hole and starting to feel better. But the two months is not enough time to to get that kind of fitness under you. And I thought maybe like just the way that I grinded all summer and pushed through the effort of what I could do. I was like, okay, maybe on a good day, I can pull it together, even though I haven't had much training, like maybe it'll be a mind over matter thing. Um, but it did not work that way at all. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and I know it's, you know, it's, it, the marathon is a beast and we never know, you know, what's going to happen. So now you have this iron deficiency problem like and you started supplementing how long would you say from the time you started supplementing that you felt like it made a difference in how you felt I started in July and then I felt that by maybe like October I started to really feel the the changes in terms of like I wasn't, um, I had all these symptoms going on, like my feet and legs 
would like tangle and itch at night, which I guess was like a, a restless leg syndrome thing that was happening from having low iron. I noticed my hair was starting to grow back at that point. Um, and I also noticed that I wasn't taking as many naps <laughs> and the cognitive effect also was very bad. So I would, I still talk kind of slow just because that's how I talk, but I was talking very slow. Like it was weird. It was messing with my ability to speak and kind of like process my thoughts into actual words. So um, it actually made me very irritated a lot too, because cognitively I felt like I was like trapped in this in my mind yeah. so it was um it it was kind of surprising that it took me so long to figure this out um i i don't know how but i kind of figured it out once like i lost everything and no longer had a social life because i was mm. sleeping all day um and just had no energy. So I just, it, it took a little bit to recover, but thankfully now I am feeling a lot better. Wow. You know, this is so interesting yeah. to talk about because I think it probably affects more runners than we realize. And like, just like, not only does it affect your running, but like you were saying, like just your, your daily life, like not mm-hmm. being able to put words together and like the restless leg syndrome. Those are things that I didn't, know it was connected to low iron so this is really interesting to talk about yeah what mechanism did you use like through your doctor or, or what have you to, or did you did you google your way to the answer how, how you're like wait all these symptoms what's going on how'd you figure it out well i called my coach one day because i just reached my rock bottom and i told him i'm tired i don't think i can do this anymore i'm too old and i'm 31 <laughs> And I wasn't running very much mileage at the time because it was the summer. And I was just like, look, what what we're doing right now is killing me. I'm not going to make it. And he told me, okay, wait, have you had your ferritin checked or asked me that? And I said, "Um, no, what's that? (laughs) And so that's when I kind of put it together. And I watched a video on YouTube. This guy was talking about like, oh, if your ferritin's low, then you'll notice you know, issues with motivation, you might notice hair loss, or you might notice that every time you're training, you're putting in all this work, but on race day, you're like falling flat, racing positive splits. um, And like the hairs on the back of my neck were standing up. And I was like, this is exactly what I'm going through. And so I made the appointment as soon as possible. And I actually have a reel on my Instagram, talking about kind of like a script, if you want to, you know, have a script to go to your doctor and get it tested, get your ferritin tested because some doctors kind of push back on it because not a lot of them work with athletes. So they don't understand that if you're an athlete and your ferritin is low, you might not have, you might not be like full blown anemic, but you can still have a ton of symptoms that affect, you know, your work life and your ability just to live in your daily life uh, and also running as well. No, good info. Oh, such good info That's for good people to insight. hear. Yeah, and I you. do agree with you. I think you do have to push your doctor because I think a lot of doctors are like, oh, you're fine. They'll do like a basic test and, and they're like, oh, your iron's fine. You're like, no, no, no. I need you to check my ferritin. So that's good to talk about. How are you feeling now, like post-race and, and you know, supplementing for, or did you, what, what kind of supplementation, what did that look like for you? Um, I took Hemaflex, which for me has been the best um, 
uh, medication because I did try working. So there's different forms of iron um, and they absorb in your body differently. So it's like a whole rabbit hole that you have to go down. But Hemaflex ended up being the one that it's a lot of people have good luck with it. They have two versions, um, an extended release and then just one that you take morning and night. And there's like a whole thing behind it. Like you have to take it on an empty stomach. You can't have milk um, within an hour or coffee or tea <laughs> um, within an hour of taking the pill. So you got to kind of like time it. It's a pain. But uh, once you figure it out by like three, four months, you'll start feeling better. Yeah. Got it. Unless I you have, can get I'm like nodding my head because I have it in my cabinet, Hemaplex. And I'm taking it as well. And I feel the same things what you're saying, like, when do I take it? And like making sure I don't, you know, have like tea or whatever that's caffeinated like soon thereafter. So there definitely is a juggling um, act that you have to have. But I'm so glad. And you're feeling good now? So, so I am feeling good. But that injury um, has been haunting me since CIM. So... <laughs> I just cannot get a break. Um, So I've been injured and we're maybe discussing surgery for this injury. Um, Just because it's been so persistent for such a long time. But I'm trying physical therapy one last time before I decide to do anything like that. And then um, hopefully I'm responding well to physical therapy. So I'm really hoping that I don't have to go under the knife. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, is yeah. this your hip? Is it your hip? Yeah, I have a so I have a couple things going on. I'm just getting beat up right now, but I have a hip impingement, which means I have like extra bone growth on the hip. And anytime that my hip is at a certain angle, then it's gonna it's bone on bone action and um it eventually at some point torn my labrum and so I have a torn labrum the hip impingement and then pubic osteitis all on that same side but thankfully most of it's been manageable except for the impingement but I realized that there were things that I was doing within my strength work and also exercises that I got from my previous PT not that it was his fault but we just didn't really know what was helping and what was hurting and so some of the exercises that I was getting for the osteitis was hurting the hip impingement And so that was what was mostly, I think, behind the pain that I was feeling at CIM because it's like heels is going to aggravate it, squatting, any kind of action where the knee is coming like up towards the chest um, causes that pinching. So that's a whole nother thing I'll probably end up updating on my (laughs) Instagram. Oh, my God. That sounds painful. So in the meantime, as you're working through this, What's training like for you? Are we swimming a lot or elliptical or what are we doing? Elliptical, bike, running, and then doing stretches and strength moves that do not hurt me. Because <laughs> oh before I was doing stuff that I kind of felt like I would go into a stretch and I would think, oh, this is like, I don't know, maybe working my fascia or something. That was not fascia. That was bone on bone pain and I was aggravating it and so when the doctor like moved my leg in the angle and he's like when you feel that that's bone I was like okay so let me remove anything in the gym that's causing that sensation um but thankfully ever since we took that out I'm talking like within three days it the pain 
has mostly gone away. So oh, good. I don't know. I, I'm like knocking on wood. Um. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's so, I mean, I think just taking away the pain element has got to be like life changing yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah, it is because it was, um, it was like living with a little splinter in my arse for years <laughs> oh, my gosh. oh gosh that's brutal and you're yeah. still like she's still ripping at 248 yeah. uh you know despite all that so like once you get all of this behind you just think about what how fast you're going to be running i know i keep telling myself that like i'm like oh once i get through the iron thing and i get through the iron thing and then the hip thing flares up and it's like playing like that uh whack-a-mole game <laughs> i mean we're all playing that in our running but mm. For sure. Yeah. What does the future look like in terms of goals that you have for yourself? Well, I still have the goal of running that sub 237. I mean, I don't want to let it go because I feel like I haven't really had a fair chance to to knock at it. And so um, I'm still going for that. So right now I'm going to go through a cycle where I work on a lot more speed because that was something that was missing in my training before. Mm -hmm. um, we were really focusing on just getting really good at being a fast marathoner. And now I'm gonna back up and do a little bit more 5K work, which I know some people do incorporate that. Um, I'm like going down a rabbit hole here. Some people do incorporate that in their training through the year, but just we weren't doing that. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of what I'll be doing for, for from January all the way until the summer, that's when we'll decide, do I need surgery or not? And then hopefully if I don't, then I can just go into a, a fall marathon and get at least a sub 240. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so exciting. Do you have a fall marathon that you're looking at? Have you decided? Um, so I'm looking at the wine glass half marathon, but that's also not downhill. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, maybe Columbus. I always do Indy, but um, yeah, yeah, I've heard really good things about Columbus. Do you did you like Indy? Because I've heard good things. I just know it could be the weather could be like freezing cold. Yeah. I usually like indie um i've it's funny i've kind of liked it less the faster i've gotten because the organization sometimes can be a little bit wacky and i know it's hard to to keep you know have a, a very solid like race day where nothing weird happens but um it's not a problem that i have to worry about but a lot of the times the like the leader and the winner will get let off course or they said, I'm pretty sure they said that there was going to be noon starting at one station and then they, that noon was not there. And like the bottles were not really placed where I thought they were going to be, even though we had this whole debriefing thing. Then on race day, I was like, wait a minute, why is this not set up in the way that I expected it? <laughs> oh. So if you're in the Lee Corral, it's a little bit of a, a mess, but um, if you're running three thirty, four hours, even three hours, I think it's it and above that time up to five hours, then you're gonna have a great time because the course is flat. So yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's good for people to know too, as far as from the sub elite perspective as well, just to kind of like prepare for that. Um, 
So one of the things that really stood out for me with, you know, learning about you and your running, you're so inspirational, by the way, but you at one time were 50 pounds heavier than you are now. And I was like, whoa, I need you to give us an overview on this. This is so interesting to me. All right. (laughs) (laughs) 50 pounds overweight to 248 marathon is incredible. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, I've had a lot of, uh, so I, it's been a tumultuous journey. There's been ups and downs, but I started the weight loss, I guess, journey back in 2015, uh, you know, from being a non runner, like at all, like I couldn't even run a quarter of a mile, um, to slowly making my way towards doing a marathon later within that same year. Um, and I was just, I was captivated. I love the community. I love marathoning. I always had it in my heart that I would go a very long distance. Like I was not even interested in 5Ks. Um, so that was kind of how the love sprung there. I found a group, trained with them and the rest was history. And, you know, when you train with other people and, you see them doing things. You're like, I want to do that too. Like I want to run under four hours or I want to run this many marathons or do this many world majors. So you get, you know, inspiration from your friends and other people. And so slowly I would start like climbing up that ladder and finding, you know, what I needed to do to be my best self. Cause the recipe is never, it's never universal. Right. So I just found little bits and pieces that worked for me and, um, yeah, eventually I just kind of lost the weight, but it was from a place where I was focusing on being my best and being my strongest and thinking, how can I run the most? How can I lift the most? Um, and not really thinking, how can I get as skinny as possible? That's so valuable. You say that, and I was very curious to know, did now that you say it that way, did the running bug hit you and then there was a weight loss that just naturally came from it, like you say, or was there a catalyst for, you know what, I, I need to shape up and become my best physically and mentally and emotionally. And then the running bug hit next. Yeah. So I would think that, so I would be lying if I said that I was not interested in looking good at all. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> human. yeah. But um, when I first joined or started thinking you know, I really want to do a marathon. It was mostly from a place of, I wanted to do something very challenging for myself and be part of a community. And through the, through the years I would kind of, so I started in 2015 and then I didn't lose the weight until 2018. So I would go through these cycles where I would get injured. Maybe I would not eat as well because I was still dealing with the food issues that got me to that weight and some of the problems that got me there, like binge eating and just drinking too much and being a college student. Um, And eventually I kind of thought, okay, if I'm going to be better at this, I need to do things differently because I kept getting injured all the time and seeing my friends go off and do these races that I just had to sit on the sideline with a boot. And I said, this is not fair. (laughs) And so um, I just kind of started cooking in more, um, kicking the booze to the side and it slowly happened without me realizing it. So I thought like my, the washing machine was destroying my clothes and was making them too big. And then I would order clothes and they would be too big. And I said like, why, 
why are clothes sizes getting larger? <laughs> so it really didn't really um, occur to me that it was a weight loss thing until I had lost about like maybe 15 pounds. I bought a scale and then I, that's when I found out that I was losing weight. And then um, I thought, okay, I did this without trying and without like, not really trying, but just not making myself suffer in the traditional way that I thought weight loss would be achieved. Enter and, David Goggins. No. <laughs> yeah, in, yeah, in comes Goggins. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was uh, it was very motivating to see that I could lose it and not feel like I was starving all the time. Um, and so I said, I want to do more of whatever this is. And I hired a nutritionist to kind of help me get more food knowledge. Mm, smart. Okay. So when you ran that first marathon, what did what time did you cross the finish line in? So it was five hours and. 20, 25 minutes or 24 minutes, something like that. 20, somewhere in the 25 range. (laughs) So if we say this out loud, you can really understand, like, if you take a step back and pretend like you're, we're not talking about you, we're talking about someone else. And we're saying this person, this woman Eight years ago, was 50 pounds overweight, decided that she wanted to run marathons, ran her first marathon in 525. And now, eight years later, you are a 248 marathoner and and killing it. And like, you know, the reason why you didn't get the Olympic qualifying time was because you were injured. And like, you're just like this phenomenal athlete in less, way less than 10 years. That to me is like beyond incredible. Like, how does that make you feel like hearing your story being said like that? Uh, It feels more, (laughs) it feels, it makes me very emotional (laughs) Um, because it is, you know, it's easy for me to get down on myself and look at that day, for example, at CIM, be like, oh my gosh, why am I even doing this? I have no business doing this. But then when I zoom out like that, I say, okay, maybe I do have some business being here. Yeah. <laughs> so. You're going to make me emotional just like listening and thinking about this and like how many people you are inspiring. I'm sure there's many women or let's just say there's one people. woman or a man or some, you know, person sitting on their couch right now thinking like I'm overweight. I don't feel good about myself. How do I even start? Cause I think that's the, be- I think that's the problem with people, you know, people feel like, how do I even begin? But they can listen to your story. Like when you went on your first run, when you decided I- I'm, I'm going to change my life essentially. What was that first run? Like, I mean, was it painful? Like, how did you feel? Yeah, I thought my heart was going to explode. Um, I remember my thighs were chafing really bad. I was wearing like cotton shorts <laughs> and I ran. My mom lives on this cul-de-sac. It's exactly like a quarter mile from the cul-de-sac to the end of the road. And I made it down to the end of, end of the road. And I was like, I can't even run back. So <laughs> I thought I was going to. I walked a little bit to turn down the next road. And I just ended up walking and cut through a neighbor's yard because um, (laughs) I just I didn't want to like have to even turn around on that road to come back. I don't know if it's making sense. Each road like ended in a Mm cul-de-sac and then it has an opening to a main road 
So I had to cut through someone's yard to, to get back into my mom's cul-de-sac. Um, and honestly, it, I mean, it, it was embarrassing in hindsight, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I left that day thinking like, okay, I did a quarter mile and then eventually that became half a mile and then three quarters. And then I remember doing my first mile and crying cause I ran through the whole thing. Um, yeah. And so I mean, I thought I, like nobody could tell me nothing when I was running like 5k on a Wednesday at the group run. I was like, oh my God, I am a beast. That's right. So I do think that that's, <laughs> thank you. I think that that was a big element to it was what I just learned this term BYOH, bring your own hype. So no matter what level you're at, you just got to always bring your own hype. 100%. That will help you a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Absolutely. So I want to know the, the, the low. You, you start this process, you get through the one quarter mile, you cut through the yard, and but you, you obviously did it again and again and again and again to build up. How did you get through some of the low points where you, you could easily skip a day or you just weren't feeling it, but you kept coming back? How did you get through some of the lows? That's a good question. Um, I just think that at the time, um, just keeping my eye focused on the marathon and how badly I wanted to be there, that was very motivating for me. And just thinking about that finish line feeling and how when I accomplished this, I mean, I, I didn't, I, I thought I could like take on the world if I did a marathon. Um, cause I did also, and I've mentioned this in other podcasts, I thought that when I first did it, I was risking, and I guess you kind of are, but I thought I could die. <laughs> so like, for me, I was like going out to war. I was like, I might not come back home. <laughs> this was like my Appalachian trail trip in my heart. <laughs> and so, um, that helped me a lot. And also having a, a group to run with and, kind of realizing, you know, the days that it sucks, like it's supposed to suck. I had a lot of people who, um, when I mentioned, you know, I want to run a marathon at this group run, they said, okay, yeah, you can do that. Like, I don't, why are you bringing it up to us? And so seeing people say that kind of gave me the belief that if I kept showing up every day, even if it sucked, I had runs where I, you know, pulled off to the side of the road and cried. I vividly remember that like five mile runs where I thought I was going to die and had to pull over. <laughs> um, but yeah, just having uh, that belief that if I kept showing up every day, like I could get to this goal that was very important to me. I want to mm. know, what does your mom say now? Like, cause what you talked about, like, you know, running from her house and then cutting through the neighbor's yard to go back. Like, what does she say about where you are right now? Well, my, my mom, she's one of those, like, she supports me very much. She's one of those, like, they're jealous of you moms. So she, <laughs> she thought for a moment that I had like made it into the trials. She's like, <laughs> she's like, when am I coming to see you? Uh, she's very, very proud of me. And she also has a mentality. And this is another thing that kind of drove me too in my journey was like, there was a lot of supportive people, but there was a lot of haters too. Oh, now I want to know about that. Yeah. And haters so are going to hate. Tells, yeah. When someone tells you like, oh, 
you know, you can't do this. Like sometimes that puts a fire under you. My mom, she's that way. So um, anyways, she shared when she sees that within me, that fighting spirit, she's like, yes, (laughs) she loves to see it. Love to see that. Um, Oh, my gosh. So much. One of the things that I wanted to ask you about that really stood out to me from your social media profile, just like you are so big into strength training. And I'm like, this woman is getting after it. Like, tell us a little bit about how, how many times a week are you in the gym? And like, what is your progression? Did you do you really feel like that's been a big part of your success? So it's been a part of my success and a part of my downfall. <laughs> um, but I've been doing, so I've been doing fitness type stuff since like 2013-ish. But these were like body weight lunges, like push-ups on my knees. I wasn't consistent about it. I was just kind of trying to integrate fitness in my life, but I was not consistent at all. So... Um, I've been doing it for a while, especially at home. Um, and I still use this program to this day. It's called Fitness Blender. And so they kind of helped me through the years progress. It's like a free thing online. But they tell you how to like hold the dumbbells and where you should be feeling the movements and stuff. So from doing that for so long and also occasionally hiring, um, like getting a PT or I've never really had, I had a strength coach once for four weeks, but just kind of like those little bits and pieces I'm able to take and, uh, and watching YouTube videos to get my strength work done. The first year that I really incorporated getting incorporated heavier movements, I had a major change in my body composition, a major change in my speed, but that's when the hip issues kind of started flaring up because I didn't realize that some of the things that I was doing was irritating that, um, that injury. So it's been a help, but, uh, it's also been a hindrance (laughs) and I've also put on weight, which makes me feel a little bit weird as a runner, you know, even if it's muscle, you're kind of like thinking in the back of your head, like, is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? (laughs) No, I think you look so strong, like in your videos and photos. I'm just like, you just look like, you know, you can just tear up this the the road like you have like the strength. I think sometimes you can people can be so um, and, you know, what do I want to say? Like you don't have the strength to really like propel yourself forward for long periods of time at a very fast pace. And like you look like you are just so strong. Thank you. So, yeah. So exciting to just think about like, I wish you luck getting through this little hiccup, which yeah. we all know as runners, we have healing, hopefully, hoping, knocking on wood right now, yeah, no, no surgery, surgery for you. And then moving on in, in your, in your running career. The quest. Yeah. For <laughs> Thank you. 37 and below. I know. Yes. For sure for that. And it'll be interesting to figure, you know, to see what they end up making the standard for for 2028. So I know I tell my coach all the time, like it is not going to get slower. I know (laughs) women are killing it and I love to see it. I know that, uh, you know, I've I've seen other athletes talk about this. I've felt it, too. Every time that window 
even the sub elite window, what it takes to, you know, get an entry into a race, that window keeps moving up and up. And every time I get close to it, it just moves a little bit higher. And so it's yeah. painful, but, um, what is the saying that like a rising tide lifts all boats? That's true. So, oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. true. That and super shoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and what's and what's the deal? Do we only want like ten women in the trials or something? I mean, we just keep. You know, every time you you know you low you raise the bar, you you just cut the pool by. Well, and I think, Jeremy, you can speak to this. I mean, when for 2020, when the, the time was 245, I mean, so many women just were like killing it. Like, yeah. it just seemed like mm-hmm. so many people were achieving that time. So maybe what, what are your thoughts? Why do you think that they made it a lot faster? Yeah, I mean, women have stepped up to the plate, you know, so I think that once they saw how, how many was it like 500 women? That yeah. 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 Once they saw that. <laughs> like, no, 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 we're not doing that. Cut this down. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, I mean, like from a logistical point of view, it's like we have to pay for all these people. For even if we're not paying for everything, we have to pay. I mean, that's that increases your budget a lot. Having 500 women versus what is it now? 175 or something like that. Oh wow, okay, women. Yeah. So that's yeah. a big difference. Absolutely. And then I think, too, I mean, probably it's like, well, I don't know, you know, as far as the race course in Atlanta and how crowded it was with all the women that were racing. I thought it was incredible. I think it raises our, our sport to, you know, yeah. more awareness, more hometown. You know, women are, are showing that they're, you know, um, qualifying for the trials. It brings more spotlight to our sport. So in that sense, I think it was a good thing to have so many women running, but I guess they didn't agree. Yeah. I mean, it inspired definitely a lot of women, including myself, seeing the 2020 trials and seeing even the last day. Was it CIM the last? No. It was Houston. They even made it like Houston was the last day to qualify. Then they, they, now it's CIM was the last day, I think. So yeah, it changes. Yeah. It's very inspiring. So I hope that, and I think that after this round, you know, some elite women maybe saw their elite friends or other people that they said, what, if she made it, I can make it too. <laughs> and yeah. they'll probably make it. I mean, that's usually how it happens. But yeah, I mean, I, I do agree with the standard. And if they made it tighter, I would also agree with them making it tighter. Yeah, <laughs> I would say, okay. yeah. yeah I agree. I kind of think like, okay, you know, it's kind of like the same debate or discussion about um, you know, the the trials in Orlando and having it at an earlier time because of the heat. And like some athletes were really advocating like, hey, we need to have this at an earlier time. Other athletes were like, just tell me what time the race is going to start and I'll show up and I'll be prepared for it. So there's definitely pros and cons yeah. for both. And the same with mm-hmm. this time standard. It's like if you make it 235, women will rise and it. run 235. Yeah. So. Yeah, I rise think so. Yeah, okay. From well over five hours to 247 in a span of eight years is simply incredible. We're so happy to have Jeremy on the show to talk about her running progression, talk all things Orlando, Jeremy's hometown, which is the host this week of the 2024 U.S. Olympic 
Trials Marathon. I'm enunciating that. I feel like in this conversation, I was all over the place on how to say that. But it is the 2024 U.S. Olympic Trials Marathon. We also want to give a big shout out to our sponsor, Inside Tracker. Go to our webpage, insidetracker.com slash sweetrun. And at checkout, use the code sweetrun to save 25% off. And now let's get back to our conversation with Jeremy. Should we go back and touch upon your city again in more of a microscopic yeah, let's way? Let's get some details. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yeah. This let's this, this week, you know, is special. So if you were hosting a shakeout run, where would you take your crew that came to do a shakeout run with you? Oh, well, definitely... Definitely through downtown. I have the map pulled up here now. Awesome. <laughs> but uh, wow, that's a, that's actually a really good question. So it depends. Oh, wow. Well, if it's going to be a shakeout run and not just me taking people out on my favorite places. No, I want to know your favorite. <laughs> yeah, it's Jeremy Rivera's official Olympic trials marathon shakeout run. It's happening Tuesday. <laughs> Where are you taking us? <laughs> Personally, I love uh, Lake Baldwin, which is a lake that's like three miles from downtown, just because it's very nice. There's lots of bathrooms, no no traffic stops on the route. It's a nice big circle. So hopefully no one gets lost on my theoretical (laughs) group run. But um, yeah, I mean, if you wanted to show someone the downtown area, uh, it's, you're going to have a lot more stopping obviously, cause you're in the city, but, um, the race is going to go through, I don't even know if this is, if, if you're listening and you're looking at a map or maybe you're just envisioning in your mind, cause you're from Orlando. Yeah. Um, it'll be going down, um, orange through downtown, which is a very, um, it's a spot with a lot of clubs. And a lot of businesses. So that's pretty fun. But it's yeah. also kind of dirty. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the seedy part of Orlando. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I really also like South Street, too. Uh, just because it's like a nice, long, shaded, straight, flat road. And I feel like it's nice little... That's a nice... That could be like a nice little three-mile loop from like Washington through orange and then maybe through south street okay so like we like say for instance if we're coming this week we want to go on a run we would start at south street and just make like a you could kind of take it throughout the city and add on and make it a short or a longer run yeah i mean you could i would start in washington just because that's where the downtown area mainly is and south street's kind of just more like an open long road where there's no parking So maybe meet up in downtown through Washington. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many options to cut around there or run around the lake. There's Lake Eola around there, but it's only like a mile long. So I don't know how long shakeout runs. I've never been to one. I've never hosted one and I've never been to one. You got (laughs) to host one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I have a question for you. What if theoretically someone is going to coming to Orlando They're coming Mm -hmm. to the trials, but they're also training for a marathon. So they're in marathon training. They need a place to go to get in their long Mm -hmm. run while they're in Orlando. Where are you going to tell them to go? 
the West Orange Trail. That's a really nice trail. It's about 22 minutes from downtown and it extends. I think you can go out 22 miles and come back. Mm-hmm. There's shade, bathrooms. There's also a little bike shop so you can buy gels or any kind of fuel that you need. You can rent bikes too. Um, and then there's also the famous Claremont Clay Loop where sometimes you'll see Olympians train because there's like an Olympic training center out there. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. And it used to be unpaved, but now I think there's like a one mile section on it that's paved, but it used to just be like pure orange clay, like rolling hills and cows and orange groves. And so it's, it's gorgeous. And it doesn't look like anything that you would see. You would not think that this is in Orlando if you saw a photo of it. Yeah. I never thought about cows in Florida in general, you know, I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay, cool. That'd be fun to see. Yeah. (laughs) That would be fun to see. And and I love this because I'm sure there's some people that want, that are going to spend the week in Orlando make kind of a trip out of it and they need to get in a long run because they're training for their own race coming up in April or May or something. So this is perfect for everyone listening. Here's some good recommendations to go on your run this week. Yeah, those are the two top like best spots. And then Baldwin is also another really good spot like Baldwin um, and Winter Park. All of those areas have tons of access to bathrooms, water fountains. So perfect. Okay, now we're going to talk about our favorite subjects. (laughs) All the food. 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 Yeah. yeah, I'm thinking, hey, you know, it's it's I want to get out early and come back and have some breakfast. But let's do brunch, lunch, dinner. What are your favorites? Ah, well, okay. Um, Ooh, brunch is uh, that ooh, okay that's a hard one because i'm not a fan of breakfast places because i feel like i cook my own breakfast <laughs> way better okay so, actually have i'm starting i have a war against breakfast <laughs> <laughs> but uh if you're looking for something nice it's kind of pricey but uh winter park has really good brunch spots um You'll find good stuff there, but it's it again. It's going to be a little bit on the pricier end, but uh, I think because you guys are from, if you're from California, if you're from New York, it's not going to be anything different than what you're used to seeing at like a typical brunch place. But for Orlando, um, let's see. I know that I wrote a couple. Okay, yeah, let's do the top places that I have here. Um, not necessarily for brunch, okay. but maybe okay. for lunch. Uh, Mills 50 is a really good area. It's like a, maybe a mile from downtown, a mile or two from downtown. Um, they have a lot of really good Vietnamese restaurants um, mm. and a lot of good places to grab good cocktails, too. Um, there's a place called Tori Tori, which I really like, but they have tapas. So if you're really hungry, um, there's also a place called... Um, you know what? Let me not give them a shout out. Like, <laughs> Ooh, that's Uh-oh. the first time that somebody said they're not giving a shout I'm gonna, out. I'm going to rescind not, that mention. I didn't mention. do anything wrong, but I feel like maybe it's not the, I don't know. Anyways. There's something, like there's some, a story, there's a good story brewing. There might be another story, like some extra <laughs> conversation we have to have about that. But yeah. Go right ahead. <laughs> 
What are your other recommendations? <laughs> so the other spots that are also kind of close to that area, um, Ivanhoe and also the Milk District. So in any of those areas, you'll find breweries, a lot of like food carts. Um, yeah, I mean, the food's really good. So this is the area where when someone says like, I'm coming to Orlando and they want to experience Orlando, and then they tell me they're going to Disney. I say, no, that's not Orlando. <laughs> Mills 50, Ivanhoe, Park Ave, Milk District. That's Orlando. <laughs> that's so good so, to know. I I have, said that. I've been to Orlando one time as a little kid when we came to what? Disney World. Yeah. So I have no idea. So now all these, yeah. the, these are, are these little districts like right on the outskirts of the city of Orlando? Or what does that look like? Yeah, they're little neighborhoods um, and little areas, but they're not as, like, Mills 50 and Ivanhoe are definitely, actually, they all have their own unique little look to it and their own uh, vibe. Like, if you go to Winter Park, it's more what people call old money, so it's a more, more ritzy. Um, and then Ivanhoe and Mills 50 is going to kind of be more young. You have a lot of like gay bars and breweries and places that do live music. So it's kind of more for like the younger crowd. Um, and then also the milk district is kind of for the younger crowd as well. And downtown is all uh, uh, party central oh, <laughs> on the okay. weekend. Oh, wow. All okay. Right. Yeah. And then just in general, what what's the kind of cultural influence on food in Orlando? Because, you know, you think in Miami, you're going to think, you know, Cuban and other things like that, more Latin influences. But uh, what about Orlando? Anything, you know? You know, it's uh, it's a melting pot. So there are a lot of different styles of food, but there's. Wow, that's a really good question because there's there's a big mix, especially with cool. the Caribbean islands that you have below us. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of good Puerto Rican places, Cuban places. Depends where you are. You'll find more of the good like Caribbean food in Kissimmee, although some of it is in Orlando too. Um, and like Colombian food as well. So you'll find a lot of really good um, South American and Caribbean food and barbecue too because it's the South. Um, yeah, yeah. And then just, yeah, yeah. And if you're going to come here from the West coast, got to come for the Puerto Rican food and the Caribbean food. (laughs) Cause I feel like that was something that there was a lot of Mexican food in California. Yes. Obviously not a lot of Puerto Rican food. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. That sounds good. Okay. If you could give people listening like one or two places that you like for dinner, in Orlando, kind of, because I know everyone's going to probably have their hotels or Airbnbs right around that central area, and they're probably going to need somewhere to go for dinner. What would you say? Okay. This, uh, it depends what the person would like, um, but there's a place here, and the way, the reason why I'm Speaking so hesitantly is because it is a unique place. <laughs> it's for, they serve hamburgers, cheeseburgers, and wings. They are literally the best bar food, junk food. I don't know. That, that It's called The Hideaway. It's my spot. My husband was like, please do not 
<laughs> list any of our spots. Nah, <laughs> don't give me goods. The first one I'm giving away is the hideaway, but it's kind of unique because um, it has Florida vibes. Uh, <laughs> you walk into it and you say, oh my goodness, am I in the right place? Because it has like very like uh, motorbike energy. Like it, it just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um <laughs> So, but the food is phenomenal and I have never once, like I've been eating there for years. I've never turned away anything that they've given me. The wings are on point. And if you look up the reviews, they have ridiculously good reviews. I feel like it's a staple of Orlando. Um, so the hideaway is really good. But if you're looking for somewhere maybe a little bit more tame steakhouse, there's Linda's, La Cantina's. Um there's Wa Sushi, which I put on my Instagram story. If you're going to get sushi in Orlando, it is 20 minutes from downtown, but it is worth it. It's the closest I've come to West Coast quality sushi in Florida. Nice. <laughs> so those are my, I guess, my top three. And then the Thai house, too. The okay. Thai house. Okay. Yeah. That sounds good. good this stuff. is going to be so helpful yeah. for people coming into town that are like, I have no idea. Some people have never been to Orlando before, and now they get to hear where to go from a local. Yes. This is good. Yeah. And I, then, oh. Where do we rest our heads? Where, where should we stay? I mean, I, I'm, I know if you've, you're coming for the people trials. Already know. You've got that. But, but you know what? There, there's the rest of the year, and I might find myself in Orlando where or should... somebody might book a last minute trip. Maybe somebody yeah, maybe. doesn't want to have FOMO and they're like, you know what? I'm going. I'm going. Where do I stay? Where should I stay if it if it's available? Oof. Well, at this point, you might only find an Airbnb available. But yeah. I guess if I would say maybe in uh, Thornton Park, which is a suburb right next to downtown. Okay. Um, and then, I don't know, maybe... There's hotels in downtown, but I'm not too familiar with them just because I haven't I haven't lived there in a while and I haven't ran through there in a minute either. So yeah. I don't know. They have some new stuff going on in downtown and I have no idea what any of it is. <laughs> um, so I'm kind of bad on uh, being familiar with the hotels. Uh, but yeah, I would recommend just staying in the area near the trials, which is going to be kind of like. College Park, Winter Park, Downtown, Thornton Park, anything with a park. <laughs> anything with a park. Okay. You're good yeah. to go. All right. I, before, well, we were talking about hotels, but I um, I still wanted to back up for one second because I wanted to ask you, Jeremy, do you know have any recommendations for a good, because you know runners love their coffee, so a good place for coffee in the morning when people oh, are waking yeah. up or any little place for dessert after dinner, they're walking around. These are people obviously that are probably not racing, but like <laughs> walking around, wanna have a little treat. Okay, so there's Craft Uncommon in downtown, which is a very good coffee spot. And there's also Lineage as well. But Craft Uncommon has more of like the seasonal drinks. So if you want in the autumn, you know, your pumpkin, whatever, like that's the place to go get it. And they might have some seasonal stuff for, you know, the winter and spring too. Um, and then for dessert, there's this place called the AJ Chocolate House that I just went to in Winter Park. It is so good. Um, it's a little pricey because it's Winter Park, 
but um, it's like all things chocolate and they do, apparently they do like a European chocolate, hot chocolate, which is like super thick hot chocolate. Mm. Um, I don't know who would want that in <laughs> 69 degree weather. Maybe someone who's also iron deficient. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I love but, it. Yeah. These are such good recommendations. Like honestly, like people are going to be stoked yeah. to yeah, hear. Cause absolutely. sometimes like you go to a new city and you're like, I don't know. I could go online and look look it up, but I'm kind of like, you know, I'm going in blind. So it's nice to have a local's perspective. Yeah. Um, what would you say, running. like, what was that? Running store. Oh, yeah, of course. The running store. We can't forget about that. What would you say? Yeah. Track Shack. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Orlando Track Shack. I've been hearing all yeah. about. Yeah. Are they the main hub? Because they, they've got so much going on on their Instagram page right now, too. Yeah, so there are a lot of different uh, running stores in Orlando, but Track Shack is the one that throws on all the running events that are kind of like our major, you know, 5Ks, half marathon. Um, they also host uh, run clubs weekly through a brewery. So like it's them, but you're meeting at a brewery. Um so they really do kind of like bring the community together in a different way from other shoe stores that we have in our area. They're also, they do the timing for Disney and I am pretty sure they do the timing for the Olympic trials. I don't know if I'm speaking there, but they have their fingers in a lot of areas of the, you know, running world. And so I think they're pretty influential for, you know, many reasons. That's awesome. Okay. What would you say people that are coming into town this week and like they've got some downtime, they're kind of hanging out. What would you say? Don't leave Orlando without going and doing or seeing this. You know what? I'm going back to the hideaway. <laughs> <laughs> Food. I love it. So good. You want great chicken wings and strong drinks. <laughs> the hideaway is the place to go. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I mean, there's so many good places. Um, but, yeah, and, and definitely, like, if you want to see something very beautiful, the Claremont Clay Loop, the West Orange Trail, those are, like, once you're out there, it's just, it, it's a drive. It's, like, 20 minutes. I think it's 30 minutes from downtown to get to the Claremont Clay Loop. But um, once I've driven out there, I've never regretted it. Okay. So you would say that um, people coming into town definitely need to have a car to get around. Yeah. Orlando does not have good transportation and things are still kind of sprawled apart. Um, so having a car would be important. Um, and then downtown is going to be small enough that you can get around mostly on foot. But okay. Okay, cool. yeah, I mean, you could do Uber too, but. Okay. What would you say people are packing this week, today, tomorrow to come? I know they should, they'll obviously check the weather app, but like you being there, living there, like, is it, cause I know here in California, it's like warm during the day and then it is cold here at night, like in the winter, like you must bring a, a jacket, layer, layer, definitely layer. layers. What's it like in Orlando? Um, well, sometimes it can be a little bit cold in the morning and then it warms up by the noon, which I think is what's going to happen this week. If the, we the weather can change very drastically, 
out of nowhere. Like you'll go to bed and it'll say, oh, it's going to be 40 degrees. And you say, yes, this run is going to rock. And then you wake up and it's 60. And you, uh, <laughs> you <man. know? laughs> like, what the heck? <laughs> so things can change quickly. But, um, you know, a lot of people here wear flip-flops. I don't know if it's the same in LA just because the weather. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, coastal flip-flops, cities. Totally. Loose clothing. Uh, lots of sunscreen because the sun hits different by the equator. Oh, uh, yeah. So it's um, like, so I'm Puerto Rican and I went down to Puerto Rico, which isn't that far from mm-hmm. Florida. But my cousins told me the same thing, like wear sunscreen. And I said, I am from Florida. I don't need sunscreen. And I burned so quickly. But if you're not used to that, like being that close to the sun, it does like it will knock you out. Um even okay. on a cold day. <laughs> so definitely sunscreen, hat, loose clothes so you can sweat because you're going to be sweating a lot because it's humid here. Um, braid your hair or put it in a ponytail or a bun because it's going to poof up. <laughs> <laughs> I would be coming in my hat, my sunglasses, my sunscreen yeah. and all of that. Okay, this is good. Yeah. How yeah. far is downtown from Disney? I'm just curious how far. <laughs> I actually drove there like two days ago. So it was about 25 minutes. Okay. But there's always a ton of traffic. So mm-hmm. even though, you know, it says, oh, it's going to be 25 minutes. I don't know what the actual time was because <laughs> I did sit in a little bit of traffic, just, you know, regular tourist traffic but okay that's usually what kills the locals here going from orlando to disney like everyone says oh my goodness the traffic i4 is the most dangerous highway in the united states oh okay so then give yourself plenty of time if you're gonna go to disney world at any time during this week or weekend yes drive safe okay (laughs) Oh, you know, I was going to ask you, too, what are your favorite races? Like, yeah. even if people come later after the trials, what 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 races do you love in Orlando? Well, there will be a 5K that I have not done, but it's going to be the next day after the trials, the okay. Orlando Magic 5K. Um, and that will be in downtown. So that will be a good option. But... When I think of my top favorite, I love Mount Dora. That's the hilly one. It's very, very hilly. Like, it's Sacramento hilly. (laughs) So that one's a lot of fun. Um, And it's a christmas theme race. I also like the Winter Park 10K, which is hosted by Track Shack. That one's in March. Um, Trying to think what else. Oh, Run for the Pies. It used to be that you would get a free pie if you ran under 20 minutes. And so that was a lot of fun. And they let the elites go first and they kind of like run this block. So everyone watches them and then the rest of the people get to go. And so you're all like motivated, energized and <laughs> right after it, after watching the elites. So that one's a lot of fun. Uh, but really, I want a pie. Yeah. That sounds like I fun. I know. I love it. And I used to, when I didn't make the mark to earn my pie, I would see some of the people throwing their pie in the trash and oh yeah, that's how I used to get my pies. I'd be like, wait, don't throw that in the trash. <laughs> like, it's to me. Yeah. Give me, give me, give me, give me. I'll take it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even if I didn't want the pie, I would not throw it in the trash. Yeah. 
I know. I People know. People are so just, funny. They just like throw food away like it's no big deal. I'm so like, oh my gosh, there are starving people morsel. in the world. Yeah, cherish. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So yeah, those are kind of like my favorite. I do them every single year races. Nice. Okay. That's so good. Nice to have some traditions. Jeremy, this is so fun. First of all, thank you so much for getting on with us literally with like last minute notice. We so appreciate it. We're so inspired by your story. I can't wait to follow along and see everything that you're going to do the rest of this year and beyond. Thank you for all this amazing information for everyone coming into town this week for the Olympic trials and the marathon. And this is so awesome. So excited about this. Yeah. So we have to end with uh, the big question. If you could run anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? Um, Portland, Oregon. <laughs> oh, okay. Because I love, I've been there before and I've run there before, but I love that you can be in the city and then just jump onto a trail in the city and be mm-hmm. in the mountains. Like, you'd be like climbing a little mountain right there in the city. Yeah. So that's, that's so cool. I, uh, I love that. And my soul belongs there. I need to go back and never come back home. <laughs> <laughs> totally uh, different weather. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you prepared? <laughs> Got your rain jacket? Yes. yes. <laughs> but perfect running weather. Yeah. So you as being a, I could see you fitting in very nicely in the running community there. So yeah. yeah. So if Me anyone too. wants to follow along with your journey, tell us where we can find you on all the social options yeah so um my instagram handle is lol space monkey and that's pretty much where i'm at i have like only two tiktok videos made on tiktok i'm just not consistent i'm mostly a lurker on there so (laughs) yeah you can follow me on instagram you have to tell us where that handle came from that is the best instagram handle um, well, someone stole Space Monkey, <laughs> so I put the LOL in front, but um, the guy who convinced me to get on Instagram, and he was actually from the run club that I first joined, and he was the one that like was like, yeah, you can do the marathon. Let's like train together and get this done. Um, we would just call each other. Like He would call me Space Monkey, and then I would call him Cyber Monkey, <laughs> and that was like our inside joke. It made no sense. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't know. I would order something like to eat and then, I don't know, you would just say that like, I look like a monkey, <laughs> like all enthusiastic eating my food and like walking away with it. And so I don't know. I don't and know I if I like him very much. <laughs> <laughs> like You can take that a, a couple of different ways. I'm glad you're smiling about it though. Yes. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> I don't know if it was very, I don't know if it was a kind thing, but I was like, okay, I'll take it. And I have blue and purple hair. So that's where like the space theme came from. Like when I started running. So nice. Very, very cool. Jeremy, thank you so much. We can't wait to bump into you at some point at a race or when we come to Orlando and we really appreciate it. And we'll see you soon. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. Bye. Jeremy Rivera, thanks so much for sharing insights on how to best enjoy the U.S. Olympic marathon trials coming up in Orlando. 
All of your recommendations will carry us through the trials and anytime we want to enjoy Orlando as a runner. Your personal story lets anyone know that if you have the motivation to change and become your best self, as well as not be left behind by your peers, you can get out and do anything. Follow Journey on Instagram at LOL Space Monkey. A big thanks again to our sponsor, Inside Tracker. Use the code SWEETRUN to take 25% off of everything they have to offer. Use it for yourself or an awesome gift. A big thanks to our friends at Inside Tracker. Are you guys enjoying the Sweet Run podcast? We would love it if you would take a moment to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any platform that you listen to our show on. It would help us to get our content out to new listeners and help to grow our show. Go ahead and push the button. Leave us a rating and review. We would so appreciate it. And we appreciate you guys. Join us next week for another great conversation with an awesome runner living in a great location. We'll see you then. We will see you then.